Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord God, for a chance to be in your house, um, to be in your presence. We sometimes forget, Lord Jesus, what an honor it is. To be able to meet with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And to hear your voice and to celebrate your love. And to gather together with those uh, who love us and whom we love. And to share for a few moments around your word to hear your voice. So we ask, Lord, that you would come and meet with us. Gather with us around the table. Remind us of your incredible love. Draw us close to you. And change us again so that we'd be more like You as we worship You, as we come before You, as we offer ourselves to You. And we'll give You the praise this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> We've been looking at the book of Acts and seeing the incredible things that God has done and recognizing that God is continuing to do incredible things in our lives <clears throat> and in the lives of other believers. So I encourage you this morning... Uh, to think about the good news that you have. Some of you don't look like you have very good news this morning. Uh, and I don't know if that's just because it's early, uh, but, but the, you have great news that God has offered to you and to others, and He wants to use you to share that good news. And what's incredible is He wants to use you. And I know you're thinking, well, I'm not a very good speaker. Well, Moses thought the same thing, and God pushed through that. And maybe you're thinking, I'm a little old, and well, Noah Noah was uh, confronted with that, and and God pushed through that. And maybe you think you're too young. Well, Timothy thought he was a little young, but but God pushed through that. So uh, I want you to know, no excuses this morning. God wants to use you. And it's exciting. And sometimes God gives you specifics. Go do this, do that, do that. Isn't that great? I love it when God does that. I don't get that a whole lot, uh, but once in a while... He's very clear. This is what I want you to do. Just like a good parent. I want you to do this, this, and this. But sometimes, He just puts us in a situation and expects us to experience Him and trust Him enough to step out in faith and watch Him work. Both of those things happen in our Scripture this morning. Uh, We won't be reading the part where God specifically sends Philip, but He specifically sends Philip to this guy who is an Ethiopian uh, clearly not a Jew, but a Gentile, who is riding uh, on a chariot, and God says, I want you to go to this man and meet with this man. And so Philip goes. <clears throat> and when he gets there, <clears throat> we come to verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading, Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? 
for his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or somebody else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water, why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Once you begin to prepare to sit around the table with Jesus who makes good news for us as we remember his love and his death for us. Children's church, I think, happens right now. Is that correct? So children's church is happening right now. Kenny. Yeah, well, Sarah, Sarah's in the nursery today, so I've been giving Sarah a hard time about children's church. So, <clears throat> Holy cow. We may have to keep the kids in here as it clears out. <laughs> Big holes now, praise God. <clears throat> I have a slight lingering cough from my head cold. Slight. Um, so you'll have to excuse me a minute while I try to get a cough drop without all the paper on it. Why do they do these with cough drops? Eat it like a kid, yeah, paper and all. Oh. That always reminds me of a story, and we don't have time, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> a preacher that used to put a cough drop in his mouth and he'd preach as long as the cough drop lasted. When the cough drop was done, he knew it was time to quit. <clears throat> well, one Sunday, he started preaching, and he's preaching and preaching and preaching. And all of a sudden, he looks at the clock, and he's been going for almost an hour. But he still had that thing in his mouth. So he couldn't figure it out. He finally figured he had better quit, and he got done. When he got done, during the final prayer, he pulled out, and it was a button he had left in his pocket. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, so, <clears throat> no, won't do that this morning. We don't have a whole lot of time, but I do want to share with you uh, some really exciting things, as far as I'm concerned, about what God is doing amongst God's people. And someone took my clicker. Thank you, Mark. So we've been looking through the Book of Acts. And I I always want to remind you every week that it's not so much, thank you, Mark. Um, I didn't get moved back out. Thank you. Um, It's not so much uh, the, the acts of the apostles, but it's what God is doing through the apostles. And and the reminder there is that the apostles were ordinary people. And God uses ordinary people like you and I. And it's amazing the incredible things that God did in the book of Acts through normal, ordinary people. Now, we look at them like these superheroes of the faith. But they weren't superheroes. They were regular people. And what made them superheroes were simply that they believed that God could do great things. And so they began to act on that belief. 
And of course, they believed that because they had watched Jesus be crucified and they, see, they had seen him rise again from the dead. They had experienced him alive. And because they had experienced him alive, they believed if God could raise Jesus from the dead, nothing is impossible. And they not only believed that up here, they began to work and act that out in some powerful ways. And what's exciting to me is it's not just the apostles who had that opportunity. I've watched followers of Jesus today do incredible things as God works through them and they live a life by faith. And the struggle, of course, for us is to live by faith. We want to live by sight. We want to live by what we see. When God is saying, you can't always trust what you see, you have to listen to me and live by faith. And as we begin to do that, God begins to do incredible things. And we've seen it as we've walked through the book of Acts. We saw God just create beauty out of ugliness. And and it was amazing when we saw a life transformed in the book of Acts. And what's exciting to me is that God's continually changing people's lives, transforming lives, giving them hope, giving them direction, giving them purpose. It's incredible what God is doing. And He's using people like you to bring that hope to a world that is hopeless. And, and then we saw, we saw God um, uh, begin to remove fear. And, and it was interesting, if you remember, um, that when the peace of God came upon people, when the grace filled them, they no longer had to be afraid. But without that grace, they were afraid. And afraid of God, afraid of life, afraid of themselves. But as they allowed the grace of God to work in and through them, that fear began to fall away. And, and God wants to do that in our lives and through us as well. To take Our world is so afraid. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of being sued. They're afraid of, of uh, <clears throat> not being heard. They're afraid of being uh, uh, oppressed. Uh, they're afraid of being treated unfairly. They're afraid of not getting everything they want. They're, they're afraid, afraid at every turn. And God has come to offer them His love and no longer a, a, a need to live in fear. And then last week we talked about how um, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, God gives you this courage, um, that He gives you a purpose and a direction, and so you have courage just to step out in faith and do, uh, do whatever God calls you to do. And it's awesome to see, and it's amazing, even in our Scripture this morning, Philip, who is, he, he's not one of the superheroes that we talk about. Philip, an ordinary guy, is called by God to go and run alongside this chariot and talk to the Ethiopian. Now, I'd like to see Philip because he had to be in some good shape to run alongside this chariot uh, and catch up to it. Now, I don't know how all that works, um, but I know that God can do incredible things. And Philip is willing to be used by God, and God sends him, and he goes. And he's got good news. And I want to remind you that God's a God of good news. And you've got to hear that because our world keeps telling you God's a God of bad news. Whenever they talk about an act of God, something bad has happened, right? There's a hurricane, there's a tornado, there's uh, whatever it is. The act of God, when they talk about it, it's always a bad thing. But I want you to hear our God is not a God of bad news. 
Our God's a God of good news. He's a God of mercy and of grace, and He has come into this world that He didn't. He could have just left to go when it went so far away from Him. But instead, His heart is to reach out to this world. He's got good news. And, and you're going to see this uh, slide over and over again because God's a God of good news. Now, you all still don't look too excited about it. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you get excited about what God's doing. He's got good news. So the first thing we see is Philip uh, comes alongside uh, this chariot, and the Ethiopian is reading from Scripture, and Philip asks him an interesting question. He says, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand? And uh, I, I started thinking about that because, you know, many people don't understand God at all. And certainly the Ethiopian was struggling with this. He says, how, how can I understand? It doesn't make any sense to me, he says. And so Philip begins to explain to him, to help him to understand. Now, those are important things for us to get. Because you see, Jesus makes no sense to our world whatsoever. He makes absolutely no sense to our world whatsoever. Jesus says, if you want to... To receive, you have to give. If you want to live life, you have to die to yourself. Now, our world says just the opposite, doesn't it? Our world says, hey, if you want to have the best things in life, you have to, you have to get all you can get. And Jesus says, you want the best things in life? Give away. It's totally opposite what the world says. Now, our world has decided that the, the true way to understand the world is through science. And so, uh, <clears throat> I'm a little behind. Through science. And so science um, has kind of, uh, the world has kind of set up this dichotomy of God versus science. What I think is exciting is it's not God versus science at all. It's God involved through science. And as a matter of fact, the more science you know, I don't see how you can't come to an understanding that there's got to be a God behind this somehow. If you look at DNA, for instance, did you know that the probability of, of coming up with DNA uh, to, to um, coherently make a human being, the probability of that happening with all um, the... the um, this is bad. It'll come to me. With, with all the different possibilities, for that to come up to a human being would be the same as taking the alphabet and throwing it up in the air and having it land in, a, in the form of a dictionary. That's the probability of the, all, the, all the different... Um, um, parts of DNA coming together to create a human being. I mean, you've got to say somebody, something has to be behind that. Something has to be behind that. And certainly, we have uh, an understanding of who that is. But even beyond that, our world, if, if you want to trust in science, that's okay. But beyond that, the science doesn't answer the big questions. The questions of evil. The questions of morality, the questions of theology are not touched in science at all. 
And the good news is that God has come and given us those understandings so that we can share with the world the understandings of morality and theology beyond science. Some people ask me, well, why, why is there evil in the world? Why is there evil in the world? If God's a good God, then why is there evil in the world? And the answer to that, of course, is to turn the question around, right? The real question is, why is there good in the world? Because if you look at human beings, human beings are inherently evil. You know it and I know it. We try to be good. Why do we try to be good? Because we want to do what's wrong. That's inside of us somewhere. And so the only way there can be good in the world is if a God who is good has stepped in and offered us goodness. And Jesus has done that in a powerful way. You see, our world doesn't understand. We have a new understanding to bring to them. Have you ever heard the question, why do bad things happen to good people? I hear people say that all the time. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the Scripture tells us that that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. That bad things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. And good things happen to bad people. But here's the good news. God can come into your life and in the midst of the bad in your life can walk with you through it and help you to see that He is going to walk with you to a good place, to a better place. He offers hope that the world knows nothing about. Science can't offer you hope for tomorrow. But Jesus does. You see, we have a new understanding. A new understanding about the world that God has given us in Jesus Christ. That's good news. We live in a world that no longer knows Jesus. You have to get to that spot. Some of you older people think, well, everybody went to church when I was a kid. That's true. That's not true anymore. We have young people that have never heard about Jesus at all. They don't know anything about God. They don't know anything about the Bible. They don't know anything about church except that they've seen in the news that there are church people that do bad things. And we have an opportunity to share with them a new understanding. And what a great opportunity that is. Because, you see, we get to come with with a hope that they don't have. Romans says this, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, God is sending you to share good news. You say, well, I don't have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to have one answer. And that one answer will work in all the questions. You see, God has given us good news to share. I hope you begin to share it. I hope you know that good news in your life. That your life is not, not, um, not um, determined by science. But that your life is led and creatively produced by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
So we have a new understanding. Uh, and of course, it's all about Jesus. I, I used to love Sunday school. I, well, I still love Sunday school. I hope you love Sunday school. But I remember in high school, um, whenever the teacher had an answer, a question, the answer was, yeah, well, we always said Jesus, God, Bible. But whichever direction you go, yeah, Jesus, God, Bible, right? We, that was always the answer. And, and I, we used to laugh, you know, and the teacher's like, no, I want you to think this time. Jesus, God, Bible. Come on, think. Jesus, God, Bible. You know what's wonderful? That is the answer. <laughs> uh, now I'm an adult, and when people ask me a question, I want to say, Jesus, God, Bible. <clears throat> you see, the Scripture is all about Jesus Christ. Do you notice what Philip does? He starts with this Scripture, and he starts telling him the good news about Jesus Christ. And it's interesting, in this Scripture, we see Jesus as the Lamb of God. And I can hear Philip saying, and you need to know, Mr. Ethiopian, you need to know that Jesus was the Lamb of God who paid the price for the sin that you have committed, for all the things you've done wrong. By the way, yesterday was Yom Kippur. Uh, Yom Kippur is a high holy day, actually the highest holy day in the Jewish calendar. And the reason is, that's the day in which you want to make sure you begin to confess all your sins because on New Year, on Rosh Hashanah, the book is closed. And if your sins are not confessed by Rosh Hashanah, you're done. You're out of the book. And you have to wait another year to hopefully get in the book. Do you understand what, how exciting it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ? When I sit at this table, I remember that Jesus paid the price for my sins and that as I confess them, He takes them away. And furthermore, He says, my name is written in the book of life. It's written there. And it's written there in blood. And it's not going away. You ever get blood on something and try to wash it out? doesn't work very well. And you wash it, and you wash it, and wash it, and wash it, it's still there. And I want you to know that when Jesus writes your name in the book of life, when you say yes to Jesus, ask Him to come in and forgive you all those stupid things you did as a kid, and all those things you've been doing today that have led you away from Him, and away from other people, and have hurt people, and hurt yourself. When you say you're sorry for those things, and ask Jesus to forgive you, He comes in, He takes all that stuff away, and then he writes your name in blood in the book of life. And it's there forever. So next year on, uh, on Yom Kippur, I don't have to sit down and sit, try to figure out what I did all, all year that, that offended God. Because every day I just go to Jesus and he says, hey, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And I can put my trust in him. And I don't have to worry on Rosh Hashanah if my name's in that book or not. What about you? You see, Jesus paid the price for those sins. He died. The Scripture says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, He's already paid the price. He was the Lamb of God. Every year, they would take the Lamb, and they'd take the Lamb to the, to the altar, and they would sacrifice that Lamb on the altar Asking God to forgive their sin. When Jesus hung on the cross, He took the sins of the world away once and for all. And all you have to do is ask Him to forgive you. And He promises to come in 
and write your name in the book of life. That's exciting stuff. You see, you then become a child of God. And, and Philip is sharing with this with the Ethiopian. I can almost see the Ethiopian saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been bringing sacrifices. I've been trying to make this all right with God. You're telling me all I have to do is put my trust in Jesus Christ and he'll wipe all my sins away. Philip, yeah, that's right. I can see the Ethiopian saying, man, I'm ready. What about you? What about you? You see, the Bible's all about that, about love, reconciliation, hope. That's good news that God is bringing, has brought into the world. And it's good news for you, and it's good news for me, because you see, I still do things wrong, and Jesus continually forgives me over and over and over again. And then he gives me strength to do it differently. You see, even when I get caught up in the ugliness of life, Jesus comes and He begins to work in and through my ugliness. And, and he, he gives me new life and new direction. And, and you've heard it before, right? And we see all those things on that list and we start thinking, well, uh, you know, those are all things that sometimes we can choose, sometimes we can't choose, sometimes they happen to us. And, and and how can Jesus bring good news in the midst of all that? I want you to listen again to John 3.16 and 17. So important because you see, God so loved the world, that includes you, that He gave Jesus His only Son. That anyone, whoever would believe in Him, shall not, will not, shall never perish, but will have eternal life. For God sent not Jesus into the world to condemn the world. But, this is the good news, that the world through Him might be what? Saved. That's awesome news. It's all about Jesus. When Jesus steps into our lives, He starts transforming everything. He starts changing everything. And all of a sudden, our lives need to be all about Jesus. You see, we get confused. We start saying our lives are all about us. It's not about us. It's about Him. When you go to work, why do you go to work? You go to work for you or you go to work for Him? I miss... Um, I miss my good friend Judy. Um, Judy and I used to go round and round about this a little bit because she said, well, I went to work because I had to pay the bills. And I said, well, Jesus sent you to work so you could serve Him. And He promised to take care of the bills. You see the difference? Some of you stand on the edge right now, and I know that. I know GE's going to lay off a whole bunch of people, and some of our people are on that edge, and I get that. And I pray, I pray for you desperately. But I want you to hear this morning that God has a job for you. You see, you work for Him, not for GE. And you put your trust in Him. If you need help, you come see us, because we're here. That's why we're here. And we're going to get you through this. We're going to walk through this together because Jesus has good news for you. He's got another place for you to serve Him. And it's not over yet. You don't work for GE if you're a follower of Jesus. You don't work for the school system if you're a follower of Jesus. You don't, you don't work for uh, Lord Corporation if you're a follower of Jesus. You don't work for... Um, <clears throat> the medical community, if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, of Jesus, you work for Him. 
And He has you in that job for a purpose. And that's good news. Because you see, the corporation you work for, whoever you work for, will let you down. They will let you down, but Jesus never will. Who do you work for? Who do you serve? You see, we got good news. It's all about Jesus. And if Jesus is the center of your life, then you begin to see that He can do incredible things in and through you. When you, work, when you walk into that place of employment, everybody else is worried about their job or about what's happening or the boss or things aren't happy, things aren't good. You walk in there saying, I work for Jesus Christ. God is good and I believe He's going to do something great if I trust Him and I'm going to trust Him today. Would that make a difference where you work? I can guarantee you people will look at you and say, you're either nuts or there really is a God who can do something incredible. And you'll have a chance to share that good news. So it's all about Jesus. And then lastly, I, the Ethiopian wants to be baptized. I love this. <clears throat> Ethiopian wants to be baptized. Why does he want to be baptized? Well, it's very clear. You have to understand, the Ethiopian was a Gentile. When he went to worship, he couldn't go into the court uh, of the Jews. He had to stay in the court of the Gentiles. He was on the outside looking in, hoping somehow that God would somehow let him in. And when Philip comes to him and starts telling him, hey, Jesus already opened the door. All you got to do is walk in. The Ethiopian says, I'm on my way in. I want you to think about this. A eunuch, a Gentile, he cannot receive the sign of the Old Covenant, which is circumcision. He cannot. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, he can receive the sign of the New Covenant. He can be baptized. He can go in there and say, yes, I'm a part. I'm a child of the living God. And he gets excited. You see, something has happened on the inside to him. He believes that God loves him and has forgiven him. And now he wants to show the world that he's a part. He couldn't be a part in Judaism, but he can be a part in God's world, in Jesus Christ. That's good news. Because you see, there's a lot of people who think there's no way that God would ever love them or would be a part of their lives. But the good news is that the power of water baptism tells us that God, that you can be a part of God's family no matter who you are. No matter who you are. I've baptized people scared to death of water. But you know what? They can do it. And we do it quickly. I don't hold them under. Not like Rick. I held him under a little, uh, a little longer. just to, uh, it, it, And, and we, we, we do it so that they can see that they are a part. That they are a part of the family of God. They're a child of the Almighty God. Now some of you, I know some of you haven't been baptized I just want to encourage you. You say, well, I'm a child of God. I know that because, you know, Jesus died for me. Um, I just want to challenge you a minute. I want you to stop and think about this. If you're really a part, why won't you stand up and say, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of God. I want to receive the sign of the covenant. What's holding you back? Do you feel you're not good enough? Well, I want to talk to you about that a minute because you see, Jesus has forgiven you. you. It's not about you, it's about Him. 
And you are good enough in His eyes because He's forgiven you. He sees you as forgiven, as perfect. Some people say, well, I don't want to be in front of people. I get that. I don't like to be in front of people. Don't believe me? I'm serious. I don't like to be in front of people. But I know that when I'm standing with Jesus in front of people, people see Him, not me, I hope. And if they see me, they see the mess that I am, and hopefully they'll see what an incredible God we have. You could be a witness to people, friends and neighbors. You could invite them to your baptism and say, hey, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. Would you come? Because I need you there. I just want you to see what I really believe. And if they were to come, they might see that you really do believe in Jesus. That you're willing to do that. And they might say yes to Him. This Ethiopian wasn't shy. Look, he says, there's water. Why can't I be baptized? I, 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 man, I, I can't wait for people to ask me that question. I've had people say, hey, can I be baptized? Or I want to be baptized. I love that. Hey, yes. You know, I usually tell them, no, you can't be baptized. No. Of course you can be baptized. That's the good news. Everybody can be baptized. It's good news. You see, we've got some incredible good news. We've got good news this morning. Because you see, Jesus has come and forgiven us and given us a new understanding of what this world is really all about. An understanding of hope and joy and love unmeasured. We have a Jesus who has come into our lives to forgive us, to set us free so that we can do whatever He calls us to do. And He calls us to do incredible things. You say, well, I I just don't feel worthy. I don't feel good. Good! Don't feel worthy. Know that He's worthy. He's going to work through you. And then finally, I mean, it's great. He gives us an opportunity to stand for Him and to share that good news. It frequently begins by standing in that water and saying, I believe. And I want the world to know I believe. So now we come to that most important part of the whole thing. You see, if you've zoned out, listen right now. Because Jesus loves you very much. And He wants to use you in a powerful way. But here's the catch. You have to be willing. You have to say yes. You see, He's not going to push through and make you do things because if He makes you do things, then you can't love Him and He wants you to love Him. So He's just waiting for you. What's holding you back? He's got good news for you this morning. I'd hate you to miss it. Once you say yes to Him, let's bow forward of prayer. Lord Jesus, this is uh, the moment for many people here this morning. They have to decide. They have to decide if they really believe. Lord, uh, we say sometimes that we believe this and we believe that, but it's different when we have to step out and, and say, yes, I believe it. Lord, there are some here that have never said yes to you. And they've been walking around trying to figure life out and they can't seem to make sense of it all. This morning, Lord, I I pray that they would see that you have all the answers they need if they were willing to listen to you. 
Lord, there are some this morning who are walking around with guilt that's just weighing them down. Things that happened maybe this week or maybe years ago, and, and you just want to remove that from them and set them free so that they could live a forgiven life. And Lord, this morning, I just pray that they turn to you and, and ask them to ask you to take, take it all away. And then, to, then that they'd step out and begin to follow you and find what it's like to live free, full of grace. And Lord, there are some here this morning who've never followed you in the waters of baptism. They say they're a follower of you, but, but Lord, they, they've held back from following you and one of the commands you've given us. And so this morning, Lord, I, I pray that they would finally say, I'm going to follow Jesus all the way. And that they would follow you and get baptized and show the world the good news you've given us. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you've forgiven us. Thank you that you've given us this good news. Fill us with it so that we could share it with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.